Welcome again to CCM in 3D. I'm Dan. I'm Derek. Hello, I'm Dave. Welcome. And we are going to do another DD. We're going to do a deep dive. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, right there. (laughs) Yes. Into Amy Grant's Unguarded album. Perfect. From 1985. So right on the edge of our of our era that we're looking at 1985 to 1995. Yeah. And of course, just a super iconic album yeah. in so many ways and really kind of kicked off, I think, this whole era. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Hey, before we go any further, you guys want to know some facts about this album that I dug up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, first of all, where did you dig them up? Oh, you know, uh, the Wikipedia, the Google, the, the internet, the interwebs. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, as, as far as you can trust the internet for information, this, of course, this information is trustworthy. So, um, as we have done with previous, uh, deep dives, you guys want to take a guess as to when this album was released. Do you guys remember? Oh, because of this one, I actually know because I'm looking at. Oh, okay. So the internet. <laughs> Dan's cheating. So Dan, I'm cheating. I'll, you... I'll take a guess. All right, Dave, go ahead. I'm thinking for some reason that it came out in either the spring or early summer of '85. Okay, that's great. That's you're awesome. I, I say you straddled that perfectly. Uh, according to Google, according to Wikipedia, uh, Unguarded was released May 15th, 1985. Boom! So, there it is. Yeah. So this album would have been positioned perfectly right at the end of the school year. Um, so this would have been every youth group member's um, summer album for the summer of 1985. And yes, true. I'm a little older than you guys, so I can vouch that this was the album in my youth group for the summer of 1985. This was this was the album. So absolutely. And, and if you were one of the cool kids with a little bit of disposable income, you had all three of the covers. So we could talk a little bit Ooh. about how this album had right. all three of three different album covers. Um, and then, and then with the release date, just to jump in here. So this was a big year for CCM albums. Oh boy! Petra's, yep. Petra's yeah. Beat the System came out the same year. Yep. Rust Taps Metals. Mm-hmm. White Hearts First One Hotline. Mm-hmm. And Brian Duncan started his solo. Yeah. In this yeah. year. Big year. And I'll I'll throw out one yeah. of my favorites from this year too. I know um this was this is uh kind of in my sweet spot. I loved Carrie Livgren's A D and so Art of the State came out this year. So I'm a mm. big fan of A D and Carrie Livgren. So that was also nineteen eighty five. So yes, this was a huge year for CCM. Big, big, big. Yeah. And like I said, I think it really started off the wave. Uh, you know, the other, I don't know if we're also going to get into here, Derek, but I was looking at, it's her sixth, was her sixth album? Um, or something of that nature. That you got me on that, so okay. Okay, yeah. Well, and it's coming off of Straight Ahead, right? So Straight Ahead was just before this way. It actually did very well. Right. In its own right, but when you compare the two, oh my gosh, it's very, it seems very low-key. Yes. <laughs> compared to this one mm-hmm. and very unabashed you know christian where here i wouldn't say they're hiding it but they're just trying to make it more for a general audience right right um and of course straight ahead had lots of great classic ccm songs angels thy word doubly good to you jehovah mm-hmm. but you know comparing it just 
it sounded sounds very stripped down piano uh and that kind of thing compared to this right but it still went but it still went gold so it was huge it did it did and and, and she got a grammy that's true yes one of the you're right you're right that's yeah. right that was a grammy winning album so that's that's yeah. good um evidently there's four singles on this again going f- to wikipedia for this information um the first single was find a way the second was everywhere i go uh, the third was Wise Up, and the fourth was uh, Sharia. So those were the four singles from uh, this album. And, yeah. Dan, do you have the... I've got, actually, I, I have um, my CD oh, copy. Re- so real quick, before you get into that. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Also, also, also kind of put where Amy is at this point. She's 25 years old. Wow. In, during this time. Okay. So I think, you know, she's starting to move away from... But maybe some saw as this kind of wholesome little gal, yeah. To kind of this, you know, some people it's too worldly, too sexy. You know, a leopard print jacket was just too much, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do but remember it that. was great yeah. for everybody else, right? So, yeah. I I've got my original copy of the CD that I bought back in well, wow, eighty five, and then I've got a cassette that I somewhere inherited along the way. So I've got my CD copy and my cassette both on hand here. So, um, Dan, I'm sure you've got it up in front of you there. Give us just a quick um, kind of a roster of who we've got playing and singing on this album because it's it's a who's who again. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, so Michael Lee Smith wrote, helped co-write a lot of these. Mm -hmm. Um, on, but a, my favorite is on the guitar, uh, Dan Huff as mm-hmm. on this, you know, of course, Gary Chapman, Rich Mullins, Wayne Kirkpatrick, they also help write. Yep. Um, we've got Mike and I can't say his name oh. properly, Brignardello. Yeah. Mike Brignardello on bass. Yeah. Who's also what Dan Huff and them both went to do giant. That's right. Together. Yep. Um, and he's on bass. Yeah. Boy, he's He's fantastic. Yep. Paul Lyme on drums on almost every song. So that's mm-hmm. uh, the great session drummer. Mm-hmm. And Mike Landau. And then, um, backing, and then uh, sometimes in background vocals, we've got uh, Donna McElroy, who did yeah. her own albums, um, Kim Fleming. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Funderburk. Yes. Does, does a lot of screaming on this? Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> or something? And gets credited for such. Yes, he does. Yes, yes. Yeah. Screams, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that's a – oh, and then, of course, produced by Brown Bannister. Yes, that was – yes, of course, of course. Yeah. Now, Dave, I've got to ask the question. Okay. Did, did, you, did you and I end up at the Amy Grant concert that came here to Wichita? Did you, were you and I in the same – place I, I, was that concert. I was there i was there i was there too okay yeah kansas coliseum right yeah yep 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 i was there for i was that there show. it was uh it was a lot of fun yeah now so so one so one of you unbeknownst to the other saw the other person's back of their head yes yeah probably very likely one. yeah but <laughs> very likely and again this will be a um this will likely be a recurring theme throughout many of these early mid 80s uh great albums great tours where dave and i were unbeknownst to each other in the same room at the right. same time but <laughs> we had a few years to go before we actually met so well and there's um, one of the shows that we were at 
I actually have a picture of the back of your head, but I will save that until we discuss that artist, uh, yes. whether it's one of their albums or whatever, but I'll save that piece of information. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's appreciated. That's appreciated. So of course this is famously known for its, its four variant covers. Yes. Yeah. So we should talk about that for a little while, which there's some inf information here I did not know. Okay. That they're actually, they're actually kind of named. Each pose has a letter associated to it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So and they are and the and it is W O R and D. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the W cover is the one where she's kind of got her hands to her side. I'll call it floating like a butterfly. Yes, very nice. She's kind of, kind of like trying to be a butterfly. Right. And then uh, the O is the, uh, she's kind of standing there holding the side of the album cover. Like it's kind of windy. <laughs> so, so I call it the, hey, it's kind of windy cover. All right. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. She's about to snap her the, fingers, it looks like. Yeah. Maybe that's what Yeah, right. something, yeah. yeah. And then the R is... I would call it, call it ooh fireworks, where she's kind of looking up in the sky and looks like she's saying ooh. Oh yeah, that's the cover um, I had, by the way. Yes. Okay. And then the D is, I think I'd call it kind of the uh, snap at the pet Fido bad dog. So oh, perfect. Looking down at the ground, yes. snapping her fingers. Uh, yeah. Yes. So uh, and and that's the one when it actually comes out in compact disc. That's where the D that one becomes a standard yes. for all of them. So when you go to Spotify and you look it up. Or any other streaming, that's that's the official one that sticks. Okay, perfect. But, Thanks, so apparently, wow. you can find you can find out you can find out which one you have on the bottom of the cassette spine. There's a tiny little W O R or D in the far right, way justified. It's almost cut off. Wow. At the, at the end, to the right of the track names. Yes. It should have a little letter. Okay. So. Well, my now, there's, and then, God, and then, of course, there's a, there's a, a fifth pose. Oh, there is. Well, the pose on the back of the CD, oh, right, with the track listings. Yes. And they yeah. also used it for the singles, Find a Way, the video collection. It's where because she's kind of leaning in and smiling at the camera. Got it. Um, but I, I just thought that was so cool. I mean, just so different. Love that marketing idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't. I don't really. I don't ever remember seeing anything like that ever before. Uh, that time, I'm sure, I don't know, maybe somebody did somewhere, but I didn't know. Yeah. It was new to me. Yeah, it was a new thing, I think. You know, and then you got the, everything's yeah. black and white except for her name, which jumps out at you in the pink. I mean, I always thought that was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I My cassette, it has the W on the back, so I have okay, the W yeah. cover. And, of course, my CD is the D cover. It's the digital, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, I've got the W and so, the D. Now your cassette does it have all the little lyrics in it and it the does. credits and everything? Yes. I mean, so it's a, it's almost like a folded up giant book. Yep. Yep. Like old timey maps, and if you don't fold it right, then you can get it out of order. Yes, and <laughs> this and my uh, my cassette is not a clear cassette. You know, somewhere along the line they went to those clear uh, chromium oxide cassettes. This right. is still uh, you can't see through the cassette body. So yep. um, yeah, and. I, evidently, I didn't play it enough because I've got the writing on both sides. So this is not like beat the system with Dan. So okay, right. right. I, I think I listened to my CD more than I did my cassette. So now, my my yeah. question is, Derek, at, at your current age, can you still read the credits on the cassette 
Yes. Absolutely not. Okay. Abs- right. No, no, there's no chance. <laughs> it is so tiny. There is no better. chance. Yeah, I would need my readers for that. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm doing good to be able to read the uh, booklet for the CD. So I'm, I'm still can read that, but that's about it. All right. So, so shall we jump into the tracks? Let's do. Yes. All right. So we got, you know, like you talked about the charting singles. Um, well, before you jump into the tracks, I apologize. Platinum. It went platinum. A million oh, yeah. sold. Yep. Um, which I think was pretty huge for a CCM album. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. And then, of course, and it also did win the Grammy for best gospel for female. So, yeah. Did this win a so Just a few other tiny things. Did, the, did this win a Dove Award? Um, I'm it sure it did. I don't remember. I don't either. Yeah. Maybe one of our listeners could email us and... And tell sure us. It did. Yeah, yeah. It, this seems like the kind of album that would win a Dove or Six. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, here we go. Uh, yes, GMA. Yeah, Dove Award, nineteen eighty-six. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there you go. Oh, for best music, best gospel performance, female, and for best music packaging. Oh, there oh, you go. Because of the covers, of yep. course. The marketing. So I'm guessing. I wonder if it's the only year they actually presented award for best music packaging. Don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I been, do not remember that. They had to invent a category for Amy to win. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Perfect. So of course we start out with "Love of Another Kind." Yes. Right out of the box. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. I thought this immediately kickstarts the album as something different. Oh um, yeah. You know, now it's got great co-writers, right? Wayne Kirkpatrick, Rich Mullins, Gary Chapman all helped write this. Yeah. Um, and if you listen back to all of her other albums, the first song is very subdued. It's piano, it's yep. tempo, right. wind, instruments. You know, but this song, boom, drums, up tempo, synthesizers, fast bass. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I know. I, I like. I noticed that the other day. I just was listening back for context. So I went back to age to age and listened to yep. age to age and then listened to, to straight ahead. And um, again, just like Dan said, you know, age to age starts with um, in a little while, which is very subdued, yeah. very quiet. It's, it's a, it's an Amy classic, but it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. It's very subdued straight ahead begins with where do you hide your heart, which again, picks up a little bit, but again, very subdued intro um boy this just comes out of the gate charging it's just right Mm -hmm. there yeah the the vocals on the end of it have always been my favorite part of this song because the the background vocals just go nuts and something i learned guys uh when we were getting ready for the podcast i'm a big chicago fan i had no idea that bill champlin sang background vocals on this song and on wise up as well so i listened back to it Wow! Once I hear that, I'm like, "Yep, there he is. That's his voice." Yep. I always thought it was. Yep. I always thought it was Gary for some reason, but uh, yeah, yeah uh, Bill Champlin sings on this song, and it's just, uh, you know, like you guys said, great way to kick off the album. Yeah, you could totally hear Champlin. The thing I've listened, to, the thing I've always uh, thought about is uh, okay on these um, these multiple writer co-writes. Uh, so you've got Amy, you've got Gary, you've got Wayne, and Rich writing Mm -hmm. this song um you know who's contributing what lyric you know which you know obviously it ends up as one song with four co-writers right um so and because i knew rich a little bit i've always tried to kind of in my mind decide 
okay, is there a lyric or two in here that I could nail down and say, oh, that was probably Rich that added that lyric. And the only one I can take a guess, and it's purely a guess. I wasn't, I wasn't there when the song was written, but um, they would change their tune. They would add another measure if they only knew this love of another kind. I've always wondered whether that sounds like Rich. To Rich me, yes. had a hand in that lyric. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd have to ask Amy or, or Wayne or Gary to, to to get an idea. But yeah, I just I've always wondered who you know whose lyrics stayed and whose went in that song. Mm-hmm. So. And you know, it's it's really. Again, it's a very mainstream lyric. It's not overly churchy, right? But it still—I think—it still stands out as as a kind of a Christian, obviously, song. But it, this is also, I think, around 1985, a time when full-time Christian radio stations were just getting started, mm-hmm. and you know, you're kind of moving away from the one or two-hour specials that might have been on, you know, side by side with Gospel Hours or Gaithers and stuff like that. Um, and they're all great; those which are all great music and fine, but. Things were changing. Yes. And yeah. she was kind of leading the pack. Yeah, she really was. And that's important, for, I think, for people that um, have maybe grown up with The House or K-Love or Way FM and have never known anything but right. a 24-7 music station, just how uh, foreign a concept that would have been in 85. Um, yeah. Even up until, like, Oh, even 88, 89, 90, that was still a pretty novel concept. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's such a great point that you bring that up. It's good. I moved to Kansas City in 2005. Yeah, around 2005. And there was still only one station in Kansas City. Um, and it was pretty low-key. Hmm. I was surprised when I moved out of Wichita because there was like four when I left here. Yeah. Uh, to Kansas City, and I was really bummed. Yeah, I was like, "Oh man, whoa, am I missing some stuff?" Right, yeah. but yeah. And then the other crazy thing on this is this song did not really chart on anything. Was well, never released CC- as a single. Uh-uh. CCM magazine, Billboard, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nope. yeah. Nope. Which I don't know. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it should have. But what do you guys, uh, you listening with twenty twenty ears? What do you guys think of the? the production now you know we've gone out of our way to say that we're not going to judge something by oh it sounds like it was produced in 85 well of course it does you know that's the that's that's a given how do you think it's aged i mean some some of things from this this time have aged well some haven't what do you think of this one i think song this song i think it's aged well it's it's not like lead me i agree it's not like lead me on it's you know that's timeless um but this is pretty close you could definitely tell it was produced in the 80s but it's not one of those 80s songs where you know like a picture of moose in the hair you know and the (laughs) the the parachute pants and all that it's uh i still think it sounds great yeah i do too i I really do i think i think think this one did well and they stuck with just great guitar licks and drums and bass and you're just all that very um standard basic stuff that still sounds good yeah you know they didn't they didn't get too far in the synthesizer right right so okay. yeah, all right good hey the, good. Net, the net, Number t- next song right. was a hit wasn't it yes you could say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so find a way right number two so come right out of right out of love another kind find a way first lead off single of the album biggest hit number one christian song number seven billboard adult contemporary 
Yeah. Number 29, Billboard Hot 100 in 1985. Um, co-written with Michael Levy Smith. And personally, my favorite. Probably for a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> this one is definitely my favorite on the album. I, I, I was think wondering. This one, okay. I think it holds up so well yeah, through the years. Just yeah. um, musical talent, great on here. The lyrics, it's uplifting. I think, it's, I think it does a great job slowing down to ask some tough questions. Yeah. in the lyric yep. but turns it back to reassurance you know that love will find a way right um i like toward the end there to where we got the vocal back and forth with questions and answers it's like love will find a way how do you know mm. yeah how can you see you know yeah um and then they throw that nice bridge in there if our god his son not sparing came to rescue you yeah so it definitely makes it a christian song but here it's hitting the adult contemporary top Top 10, it's in the Billboard Hot 100. Um, and then, of course, Dan Huff's guitar solo and his musical stabs throughout the whole thing are just awesome. Yeah, they're so good. Love it. You know, one thing I noticed while I was listening to the song, and of course, you know, and mentally I'm singing along in my mind, and, and, mm-hmm. just, and it got to the second verse um, that starts, I know that life is a strange thing. And I realized I didn't know what she was singing on the second line. It, after all these years of 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 knowing this song, um, I can't answer all the whys. I had to go back to my lyric sheet to remind myself. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what she's saying there. So it was it's is a little hard for me still to understand what she was saying. So I had to go and remind myself of that lyric that I'm sure I knew back then and had forgotten. But yeah, I think Dan Huff just makes this song so just what he adds is so. Nice, just these little tasty comments yep. that he'll do on the lyrics and on his guitar, and yeah, this is a standout Dan Huff track for me on this album for sure. Yeah, this is one of the songs that the first time you hear the album, it stands out to, you and you're like, oh man, that's just a great song. And you know, guys, I remember uh, on Sunday afternoons in Wichita, I would listen to Casey Kasem's Top Forty uh, back in '85 on on, <laughs> K- on 107 KKRD, waiting to see where Find a Way would land. You know, and getting to hear Casey talk up uh, a Christian song, which I always thought, man, that's so cool that there's a CCM artist on secular radio. And, um, you know, if I had a, if I was programming a Christian station today, this would be in regular rotation. I mean, to me, this yes. this is like uh, don't stop believing on a secular station or maybe Toto, okay. Toto's Africa. Yes. You know. OK, so mm-hmm. wait a minute. If you were per- if you were the program manager at Way FM. Okay. You would put you would put this song in there, absolutely. Oh, that's why I love you, Dave. That's it, good. Yes, we've talked that's about great. We've talked about this before, but we're just. I think that unfortunately, we Christian radio doesn't pay homage to its roots, and there's so much great music, obviously, that we're going to be talking about. And this right here, there's not a better example than this song right here that I think should be played on Christian radio. Yeah. So. That's that's so good that you compare it to like a Don't Stop Believing or an Africa yeah. or because this really is kind of a bona fide stone cold classic. It is. This it is. really really is. And if there's anybody uh, not that there is, but there is any kind of way FM kind of program managers out there, I always thought it'd be cool to one song an hour and you lead in with it saying, "Here's a CCM classic," and yeah. then you throw it out there. And, you know, maybe do it in the midday or something. Yeah. You don't have to do it all day long. Right. But I thought, I'll bet people listen during the midday. 
are probably in our age range and would love to hear some of that older stuff. Or maybe morning uh, drive and midday would be, yeah. I mean, yeah. hit, hit the guy or the gal driving to work with some serious nostalgia, you know, just watch him, watch him melt. That'd or be how, great. Mm-hmm. Or how about this? How about I play three or four in an hour? Like they do in secular radio, you know? Mm. Yeah. There that's you just, go. That's just my opinion. But yeah, this is definitely one of those songs that everybody knows. Everybody loves. So why not listen to it? Why not play? Right. So there and you go. They could, they, they, and then even during the maybe during the midday too, they could throw out the long distance dedication. <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> and then grand side away. <laughs> Going out to Sally from Dayton. <laughs> Great. Hey, long lost love will find a way. <laughs> Thank you, Sorry. Casey. Yep. That's right. Reaching for the stars. All right, so. Yeah, that's right. Number three. Unless you're ready to go on number three. Oh, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. So everywhere I go. So let me come out of this. We do everywhere I go. First three songs were not. Or I'm sorry. Uh, this was is not written by Amy. Yeah. Or anybody. You know, Mary, Mary Lee. Lee Mary Lee Quartz. Quartz. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little bit of digging on her. And I was going to say, who is Mary Lee Quartz, Derek? Well, Take it away. No, I, it's it's a little. Um, <laughs> It's not, uh, there's not a, a ton of information. Um, she did write one of the songs that was on a, um, I believe it was a David Mullen album. Um, I'm endeavoring, oh, she she wrote, um, oh, she wrote uh, Can't Stand Too Tall, uh, the uh, Rick Kua album. So it was okay. Rick Kua. So, um, again, Kua was on Reunion at the time, so that made sense. There's a Blanton and Harrell connection. So um, maybe she had a Blanton and Harrell connection to Amy. Um, her biggest song, obviously, I think is Everywhere I Go. Um, so I'm not seeing anything else that really um, jumps out of her songwriting that I think reaches that, uh, that level. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is her biggie that she did with Amy. And it, it, it ended up being number 28 on the Billboard of Philip Contemporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting. So, yeah. What I, I, my, here was my question on this song. And, and Dan, try to put your, try to put your music director hat back on. Um, when you were working in CHR radio, would mm-hmm. you, so you're, you're getting this from, uh, uh, from, the record company and you put the song on and this is the song they're pitching to chr radio as a single would you necessarily i mean it's amy so it, it carries right. that that cachet but would you have listened to it and go well i don't know maybe it's a little soft or would you have said oh yeah we're all over this or what do you yeah, think i i agree I, I think the only way it's really getting on is it's amy it's on a huge album yeah um but I don't know, yeah, just not really my favorite. We come right out of number two into number three, and mm, I don't know, just didn't seem to do it for me. Okay, and that would, that, yeah. I just found myself thinking that, I wonder what Dan would have thought as a former, you know, music director, program director, mm-hmm. if you would have programmed this one necessarily on the strength of the song, or, well, it's Amy, so we've got to put it on because it's Amy. So, mm-hmm. um, what do you think, Dave? Oh, this is my least favorite song on the album. I, I just, oh, okay. I just never got into it. Um, 
you know, when I had a cassette, I would fast forward CD. I would just go from two to four. Um, but what do I know? I mean, a lot of people love the song. It was a concert favorite. If you remember that concert, Derek, at the Kansas Coliseum. Yeah. Everybody sway back and forth. Yeah. And everybody loved it. So, you know, it's just one of those that, that for whatever reason, just didn't do it for me on the album, on a great album. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's okay. I mean, it's a great a great love song she clearly dedicates it to to her husband at the time so it was a love song so that was you know that's um oh no that i'm sorry that was um this is her version of psalm 139 so that's what she says let's call this one my own my own version of psalm 139 so yeah okay so yeah this one yeah i i think it's amy so clearly if you're a program director you got to put it in your rotation but um, I'm not sure I would release this one as a single. Um, yeah. Yep. Now we come to the love song in "I Love You." Yeah, yeah. There you go, number four. I love you. Yeah. yeah. Now, Dave, I don't. Do you remember this? This starts off, of course, with the motorcycle uh, burning rubber at the beginning. Do you remember right. that in the concert? I don't remember that in the concert. No, so for some course, reason they ran that sound that sound effect. And then as it peeled out and the, the motorcycle left or the car or whatever it is, they made all the very lights go out over the crowd. So, you know, the, suddenly the crowd is completely bathed oh. in lights, like the car okay. peeled out and went over the crowd. So it was great. Got it. It was yeah. great. That was a great moment. I don't remember that for some reason. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, so my subtitle to this little section we're going to talk about is Dan Knows Nothing About Motor Vehicles. Okay. Great. All right. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a motorcycle revving, a small car, a muscle car. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. And I'm not sure what it has to do with the song. Yeah. Did they? Did they like to take motorcycle rides? And that, um, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't they know. should have saved this what? sound effect for um, "You Could Be So Good for Me," where she talks about driving like Mario Andretti. See, they yeah. should have saved it for that. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This this song. Um, yeah, I, I, I was surprised how much I liked it when I got to it. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's a fun song. You know, it's up tempo. It's got the the motor sound, which is fun, and yeah. Plus, it's got Richard Page singing backing vocals. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's perfect. So yeah, I like this song a lot. So. And for those who aren't sure, Richard Page is Mr. Mister's lead singer. Yes. Yeah. And Steve George yeah. is Mr. Mister's keyboard player. So we've got two oh, Mr. Okay. Mister guys here. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's great. Um, nice. Well, what, well, one of my favorite parts of the song, now is is where Amy's lyrics actually end at like three and a half minutes. And then we get Dan oh, yes. on lead guitar. He, Thank you. He takes the song out. Yep. And, and uh, of course, I assume michael landau maybe on rhythm or something but yeah um it's pretty different from the other song because normally amy just repeats the chorus over and over until it fades yep. out except except the prodigal which we'll get to in a minute but this also this ends with a solo guitar yep. yeah it's fun which is really cool yeah. and he does a fantastic job oh yeah yeah it's dan huff so what are you gonna say yeah yeah it's yeah. it's so good it's so good yeah very cool all right, number five, we got Stepping in Your Shoes. So we got, oh, f- for me, fun little ditty, bouncy, co-written by Chris Eaton. And now that I 
see that and I listen back to it, I was like, oh yeah, total Chris. Yeah, Eaton. yeah. Very feels very Chris Eaton. Right. You know, his his Vision album comes out a year later or, or toward the uh, in 1986, and I think this song I even could have been on that album. Yeah. It's so Chris Eaton. Yeah, it is. Um, then at about three minutes in, uh, you know, back in 1985, Dan Huff again has got this great guitar oh, solo. Yeah, but it's but it's mixed in the background a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah, it's enough to give that rock feel, but not enough to take it over the top. Yep. Um, which I think probably today, if I if I mixed that, it would be mixed a lot more up front. Yeah. Um, but you can you can you can just hear it. It's way back. It's kind of way subdued. It's way in the back. Yeah. This is really. Um... This is one of my favorite Dan Huff solos, period. I love yeah, what he does yeah. here. It's so good. And you'll notice, um, if you will go back and listen to um, a lot of albums that were recorded in L.A. at this time, I'm thinking not only Christian stuff like Walls of Glass or um, Straight Ahead, Amy Straight Ahead. Um, if you go back and listen to a lot of like Toto stuff in the secular realm, um, the guitar solos are mixed frustratingly down in the mix. They don't start to really right. put them forward until, you know, a few years later. Um, so Dan definitely gets the, I think that's Dan Huff treatment here. But yeah, Dan just is great on this song. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Love yeah, it. I think the song matches up so well to come right after I Love You. I mean, similar tempos and... Um, this one again is just a lot of fun a lot of great guitar going on there um and you're right dan it sounds just like chris eden yep yeah for sure (laughs) so then we get to number six fight now another setup here for those who aren't familiar but you know again back in the day you had these cassettes that had side a side b and so when you get done with side a you flip it over side b you get another strong lead yeah to me and so this this one starts side B of the cassettes, and, and again, personally, I love this song. Um, and unlike other albums that, unlike other albums, this the album title comes from this song. Yep. Yep. But but it's not the name of the song. Yep. And um, most of the time back in the day, again, it was the name of the album is the name of a very very particular song. So this kind of started off this whole, oh, uh, if it's it's in the bridge of the song, right? It's really so, it's really subtle, and you almost miss it. Yep. In fact, I think I think I missed it for a long time because I was I was looking at myself. I was like, why did she call this unguarded? Right. And then one day one day I was listening, like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And it's really subtle. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got this fifty you know, almost minute prelude with the keyboard. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, yeah. Th- then it goes up tempo big time. Yeah, and drops the bass and the rhythm guitar, and um, so I I like it. I think the words too. I like that. It's a holy struggle. Won't let go of me. I just want to live right. I just want to live right now. Right. You know, I, those were all yep. spoke to me. I like that. Yeah. Derek, yeah, I, I was going to ask you real quick. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this. Dan brought up the long intro. I think this is how she kicked off her encore on that tour, right? You know, um, probably. That's a good candidate. I'm thinking that's what happened. I remember that. You know, light, they leave the stage, lights go out, the beginning of this starts because it goes on for like, like Dan said, about a minute. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, that sounds right. I, I think you're right on that. I think you're, 
I think you're right. That's I'd have to go back and look at a set list, but I'm I'm tending to think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, this is uh, this might surprise you guys. This is my favorite song on the album. Well, oh. I oh. just mm-hmm. love this song. I think lyrically, this I'm I'm a stickler on the theology of the lyrics because you know I'm a pastor, so that's 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 what that's what I do. But um, boy, those opening lines are perfect that's some day you know some days i like me some days i don't some days i try with passion sometimes i don't um yeah it's this constant push and pull of being simultaneously saint and sinner at the same time and i think she really nails it in this song and i think it's musically interesting i think that intro is interesting um this is a good track this is really it's it's a deep cut that holds up really well really well Mm mm-hmm and I and like kind of speaking back to I don't know who contributes the lyrics, but it was Amy Grant, Dan Huff, Gary Chapman. Right. And so and what's unusual about this, this is the only one that Dan Huff's on. Right. So I don't know where he contributed, but yeah, good, great song. Yeah, I assume Dan was a yeah. big contributor with the music. I maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, but just Oh, okay. That, yeah. yeah. So just a, taking a stab in the dark there. Um, the thing I like about it is it's a it's a really for her again a rockin' song. Yeah. And I think Amy gets into this with she gets a raspy vocal. Yep. Really. Yep. Compared to the rest of them. So yeah, really good. Yeah, it's just a solid song and it, it kicks off side B and you know, it's hard not to sing along and, and even want to get up and move a little bit. I mean it's just a it's just a great song with a great, great meaning. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would have been a great single, but again, didn't do it. Mm. Um, instead, they went to number seven, and they went to Wise Up, and that ends up being number 34 in the adult contemporary. Um, one of two songs not written by Amy, again. Yep. So this is Wayne Kirkpatrick and Billy Simon. Right. Fantastic guys in their own right. Um, and then those really high notes of Wise Up at the end. I don't know <laughs> who, who that is, but... It's Bill Tommy Funderburk? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, Funderburk, Funderburk. It's Bill Champlin once again. It's I think it's Tommy Funderburk. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so... the vocals at the end, it's very similar to uh, Love of Another Kind at the end, where they just kind of go nuts on the vocals. It's, it's a lot great. of fun. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. And you got a yeah. saxophone so, on this one, too. Larry Williams on the saxophone. Oh, That's yeah. kind of fun, too. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, we'll start to see... Um, uh, I think once you hit about 87 to 89 pop songs, it was almost like Congress passed the law oh, yeah. where you had to have a saxophone solo. In it. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think in the secular realm, every Debbie Gibson song had to have a saxophone <laughs> solo. Every Richard Marks <laughs> song had to have a saxophone right. solo. So, yeah. So the CCM guys weren't far behind on nope. that either. So this is a this is a precursor of things to come. Yep. Good stuff. And in my opinion, I'm not sure how well this one holds up. I don't know. I mm, yeah, kind of iffy on this one. I mean, I know it hit huge. Yeah, um, and then definitely people can still recognize this song, but uh, it didn't hold up as well as other ones on the album. I think there's a music video out on YouTube that you can look. I definitely remember that music yes. video being out there. So yeah, in concert, right? In, in concert, concert right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's okay. I it this is one of those that I would skip. This is my I love you. Um, mm-hmm. I would usually mm-hmm. skip this one. Um, it, or 
fast forward to the end when Champlin and Thunderbird started doing their thing, and that's right. kind of what. Right. Yeah. right. Anyway. I totally agree, Derek. Yeah. All right, then we go to number eight, who to listen to. So we got another song not written by Amy. Yeah. Gary Chapman, Mark Wright, interesting Marsh. Interesting fact about yeah. this, since we're just kicking it off, did you guys know this was yeah. used in an episode of Miami Vice? No. No. It was. No. It was, yes. Okay. So um, back when wow. it, it, interesting. it was heyday, you know, that was the show to watch, and... Oh, all yeah. the artists try to get a song in that show, and Amy, I'm not sure why they chose this one, but it is in one of the episodes. So, okay, huh? huh. There you go. Did not know that. Yeah, this one, I, it, this is very much, um, you know, that big chorus. They're going to hit you from all side. Better make up your mind. Very Donna McElroy, Kim Fleming um influence there on the on the vocals that's that's nice i think the chorus is nice on this song the I'm not sure the verses do much for me um yeah that's kind of my thoughts yeah i feel well maybe 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 uh, my advice felt like it was a uh, trying to figure out who to listen to either tubs or or crocodile. Yeah, that was it. Yes. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> it's back and forth. Who do you trust? Yeah, neither of those guys. Uh, here comes a man with the scam to sell. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> a white is. in a white suit with no socks. All right, and a patch, yes, no socks. Yes, perfect. Yeah, I feel the same way. And then here, uh, you know, it's it, it's okay. You know, I I didn't get into it much either. Yeah. No, but I think the best thing on here is. Brignadello's very prevalent in this. Oh yeah, yeah. yep, so good for sure. So it good. it kind of it kind of flirts a little bit with R and B, so that's good that you've got him a little higher in the mix. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move on to number nine, Sharia. Oh, love um, Sharia. This yes. song is great. So I did not know, and forgive me for not knowing, but. Uh, Hebrew origin meaning friend, mm-hmm. or I guess more specifically, God is my friend and my song. Yeah. So here I'd always thought about she's singing about somebody named Sharia. Well, she kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> Her friend. Her friend. Um, so it makes the top CCM charts, but not the mainstream. Probably makes sense. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's kind of like who's Sharia? Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's oh. so good. I this song has has just of all the songs for some reason and i can't quite pinpoint why that is but this one sure tugs on my on my um uh nostalgia nerve and again i have no idea really why i I can't link it back to any person or any any circumstance or situation that i can remember but for some reason when that those opening, you know, Dan Huff's guitar and those synthesizers come in for some reason. It just, boy, the nostalgia wave just hits on yeah. this song. Mm. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. This has always been my favorite song on the album. It's uh, just, when I think of Unguard, I think of Sharia. Um, and again, the lyrics, like you talked about, Derek, I, I'm a big lyric person. Call his name. That's all he's asking. Let him come down to where you are. You can have life that's everlasting. Can't you see this is the start? And, wow. you know, it's just, uh, like you said, when you hear it, it takes you back to that time. But it, it's just a very moving song. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it stands up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, Amy Grant, Chris Eaton. 
written. Yeah. yeah. And then again, it's got Richard Page and George. Yeah. Yeah, Steve George. Uh, Steve George. From Mr. Yep. Mr. 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 Again, yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah, good stuff. I'll read the, um, you know, Amy wrote a blurb before every song on this uh, album. So this is the blurb yeah. that she wrote before Sharia. And I'm reading from the CD, so I don't need my readers. <laughs> okay, so, good. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Amy writes, in my mind, I see two childhood friends weathering the changes that time inevitably brings. Change is hard, especially when it includes your heart. I know. So evidently she maybe had a, in mind a person from her childhood or a childhood friend or something like that when she, hmm. when she wrote this with Chris Eaton. So yeah, so that's a, this is a, this is a standout for sure for me. Yeah, too. definitely. Which then interesting enough. So the number 10 last song rolls into the prodigal and also kind of set up, you know, I think back in these times when they were releasing things, that number 10 song would usually be this ballad, heartfelt, heart-tugging, emotional song. Um, I thought, you know, very poignant, soaring ballad, mm-hmm. um, which in the storyline of this album kind of makes sense. So you go, because you go from Sharia to The Prodigal. Yeah. And then this whole album ends with a Dan Huff guitar solo, because it ends, that's what ends this song. Oh, uh, correction, it ends with a Mike Landau guitar solo. Oh, is it good? Mike yes. Landau. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, for some reason they gave this solo to Mike Landau, so that's oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, but it does end with this big soaring, beautiful guitar solo. Like, oh, yeah, so good, yep. so good. Starts out slow and simple, and then it ends, you know, very big. Um, just a great way to end the album, right? And I love that she again her blurb on this is Luke fifteen. Um, linking it back to um, the prodigal son, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. So she's linking it back to the to Jesus's parable of the prodigal son. Um, so yeah, this is um, you know I, I it's still kind of I'm not sure exactly what to think of the little tag that she has right before the the um the the last chorus and even if you never do return still i will have learned how to love you better um yeah i go i go back and forth on that um ending with that sentiment as as the last little tag right before the repeat of the Mm -hmm. chorus right so yeah not not that i uh disagree or agree it just as a songwriting choice more than anything so Definitely an interesting way to finish the search to put that towards the end of the song and kind of right. let the listener decide on their own what that means. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So of these songs, uh, you guys have a, a, a CCM playlist of your own? And which one of these are on that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave, if you've got one. Let's see. I've got Sharia. Uh, I've got... Find a way, love of another kind, and I'm thinking I've got um, stepping in your shoes, maybe, or yeah, stepping in your shoes, maybe is the other one. What about you guys? What about you, Dan? So I've got Wise Up because I think that's just pretty iconic. Yeah, um, I love you. Find a way, love of another kind, and fight. So I'm I'm definitely the upbeat. He's definitely the upbeat. <laughs> yeah. 
I've got everyone in mine except every song on the album except who to listen to, and I did not put Wise Up. Yeah. Um, I think and they did a they did a dance remix to Wise Up. Yes. Somebody did at one not point. good. Not and, good. and to be honest, yeah, it kind of drives me crazy. <laughs> not good. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. It yeah, goes it on for like five minutes before the guitar comes in. Yeah. Uh, Somebody yeah. wise up. They were trying. Off. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Better wise Somebody up not... and not do any more remixes of Amy's right. songs. Please. You better f- fight over those remixes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I do not want to hear that. Uh, let's find a way to end this, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they did not know who to listen to. No, they did not. Uh, and I just I can't work Saray into any more of these. So I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. I should point out. Here's one thing I want to point out. This is if you can get your hands on these are starting to sell for uh, a pretty penny. But I've been able to get my hands on at least two of the in 2007. Uh, Sparrow and something that was called Amy Grant Productions did remasters of basically all of her albums. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything prior to 2007, they remastered. Um, So I've got the remaster of Lead Me On, and I've got the remaster of Heart in Motion. I do not have the remaster of this album. But if if you come across them... And you'll know because they say something like um, 2007, they'll say digitally remastered on the gutter, uh, kind of on the CD front. Um, and usually the, the big tip off is 2007 will be on there. But like um, a used copy now on Discogs of Unguarded, the remaster is going for 45 bucks. Wow. So on CD. So that's, they're starting to get a little pricey. So, but, so if you see one, jump on it. Okay. Um, Mm-hmm. Definitely, they they sound great. Um, they get a gentle boost in volume, not so much that they're just clipping all the time, but you got a kind of a gentle boost in volume and a little more clarity. Um, so yeah, if you see them, definitely uh, pick one up, pick it up if if you can. Okay. Wow. Well, anything else to add before we close it out? I think that's it. Yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah, yeah, really good choice, and just a classic CCM album. Yeah, this is going to kick everything kind of into overdrive from here on because everything now kind of lives in the shadow of of unguarded. Yeah, I think right, Um, and beat the system too, but especially this album. Um, Everybody was put on notice. You're going to kind of have to bring your A game now um, if you want to. If you want to have a place at the table, so mm, definitely. Well, that was a l- lot of fun down memory lane again, and uh, lots of stuff I learned. Perfect. Yeah, especially about Casey Kasem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tune in next time. See you later. All right. Have a good one. We'll talk to you guys next time.